0: This is episode 41 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week we talk about Double Fine, Kingdoms of Amalur, Final Fantasy XIII-2, and Play Graves.
1: welcome to the gamer sushi podcast. This is episode 41. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeff. I'm Anthony. And I'm Nick. And we
2: are Mitchless once again. 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 We should just fire yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. We definitely shouldn't pay him anymore.
3: Well, uh, you were you were sons Jeff last week. I mean
1: Yeah. Well, it's so, I mean, part of that that Troy and Abed spoof that Anthony and Mitch did last week. I really oh. thought Anthony was a stronger and so we just said, "You know, Mitch, just don't come cool. back. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Jeff, you missed that. You haven't yeah. heard the podcast yet either, so they did like a little Troy and Abed bit.
3: Nice. I'll have to actually, you know, listen to the content that we produce instead of just sort of ignoring that it ever existed. Do you yeah, maybe you should. Do you listen should. to the podcasts? I do sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff,
3: they're good. I know they're, they're good. They're really
0: I, good. I, to I always
2: feel bad that like they're it's right. always the thing I'm most excited to listen to. All <laughs> right. right. I was like, uh, "Oh, Bill like, Simmons is interviewing Larry Bird. Screw that! I'm listening to the New Gamer Sushi podcast I, I just recorded last myself. week." Well, oh,
3: I mean, I'm like, yeah. I've heard that. I know what they say. <laughs> Jeff, my my brother listens to it. That's good. Thanks,
1: brother. It makes me
2: Thanks laugh is when I listen to it. Like someone will, someone on the podcast will say something, and I'll have the exact same thought that I did when I heard it the first time when it was actually happening you live. Say like, it? yeah, like I'll say I had the same joke in my head or whatever. <laughs> I guess I'm just not that uh not that varied in my thoughts and responses.
1: I get pretty excited when that happens.
2: Yeah. Excited. Do you? You know what i you? Mean. How excited.
1: If you know what I mean. Your penis? Whoa. Unzip. Yeah. Come on. Keep talking. Keep going. <laughs> Keep go
2: no, continue. Keep going, don't look at me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's everyone drinking tonight? I'm having some wine.
3: <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually just finished my second, uh, it's called the ward eight and a half. It has, uh, well, no, it has Jim beam and oh, cranberry juice and orange juice and lemon juice and some sweet, uh, some simple syrup to sort of counteract uh, the the lemon. And the nice thing about it is if you mix it right and I put a lot of beam in it, I couldn't even taste the alcohol. It was, it was excellent. There you go.
0: Myself. There you go. Um, uh, for me the podcast is being brought to you by Red Hook's Longhammer IPA mm. which is uh like bottled ideas. in uh Wood what? Woodenville, Washington. I
1: thought you were about to say it was bottled in wooden bottles which I was that was oh. below my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Woodenville. Washington. <laughs> <your lip.
0: laughs> well, it says it says Woodenville, Washington, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Portland, Oregon.
1: They can't bottle Ooh. it in that many places. Yeah.
0: Let's just say Portland since it's
3: Portland like a, is the cool place. Yeah. It,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's brought to you by the, the, this is my uh, second week in a row to be drinking IPAs. Last week I was drinking uh, the Ranger IPA, which is quite delicious.
3: I am not a fan of the IPA. I think it gets
0: I wasn't either and then I, now I'm obsessed with them I don't
3: mess. have a taste for for really Hopsy beers. like they always really eat. I mean I try them <laughs> now and then, but it's just too much. And by the
1: way, this isn't like an alcohol is awesome conversation.
3: By the way, it is. Well, did <laughs> someone
1: say that when we did our drunk cast? Oh, or am I making something up? Or that someone they, said something about? I, don't know, I like... was drunk
2: during that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> there, no, I
1: mean like that. Someone commented something about. Like, uh, I was drunk for quite some time. You're like promoting. Yeah, like, and I don't. Drink. Yeah, something like that. Mm. By
2: the way, I'm drinking Newcastle.
0: Not that anyone cares. We're
3: we're all responsible adults in our own homes, and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, Newcastle. Brought to you by
0: Newcastle. And we're not saying that anybody underage should drink anything. We're just and not dudes. that
1: you're a loser if you're not drinking.
0: Yeah, no. we're just dudes having a beer. Most of know? the time, I don't about, drink during the podcast. By the thing. way,
2: I feel like this is valuable Resident Evil Six time we could be talking about.
0: Oh wait, okay. Start the timer. Six, Six
3: minutes.
2: No. Go oh.
0: s- out of a record
3: scratch.
1: <laughs> now the the only. The only thing, literally, pretty much the only thing that came out about Resident Evil Six this week was the IGN. IGN had an interview with um, Hirabayashi, who is a, a producer. Yes, yeah. <laughs> i like looking. I was just, just going to stream that <laughs> out as long Yoshiaki it took me to find Hirabayashi. Yeah, yeah. Yoshiaki um, Hirabayashi. So they had an interview with Great. him where they were asking some, him some. Th- About like you know which of the previous entries in the franchise like inspired you guys like what's your focus, um what kind of lessons have you learned and he gave a lot of marketing answers which (laughs) is kind of lame, you know yeah
2: when they asked him like you know I see that we have Leon and Chris both in it what's what's are they going to have different are the different sections of their game going to be like one horror and one action what's the deal with that he goes oh so you saw that they were both in the trailer did everybody enjoy that yeah like (laughs) who are you I thought like this, this the guy should have been like, Who are you talking to? <laughs> was this a one-on-one interview or did it take place in an auditorium or did you just corner him in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I no, I like,
0: just love that I just love that he keeps repeating ultimate horror entertainment over yes, and over are, again. You
3: know that that is literally like their marketing communication guy was just like, You have to say this. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: that's their like buzzword their buzz term right now. <laughs>
3: Now
1: one thing that they that he did say that they're going back to zombies.
0: Mm-hmm. I
3: never so I never understood why people had such a problem with like the the enemies in four not, and five being not, quote not being unquote zombies. not zombies.
2: Yeah. They were zombies they're, for all. They, of were, they were zombies. They were yeah.
3: zombies,
2: just like the things in
3: Twenty Eight Days
2: Later aren't really zombies, but they're it's, zombies. You know,
3: it's a, it's a fucking don't skin. say the Z word. Z, yeah, no, I mean literally, it's like how they look makes them a zombie.
1: If that was if, a terrible British accent, by the way, because I was trying to quote Shaun of the Dead, and I did like an accent, but it wasn't a British.
3: It wasn't an accent. No, it sounded like you. <laughs>
1: I should have just let that r- blow over.
3: may have to kill it. Wait, just called out <laughs> your failure. That's, that's very uh, <laughs> sportsmanlike of you. Yeah. <laughs> just
2: run it under a cold tap. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh no! Well, watch that. Uh, I don't have it on Blu-ray. I'm going to order it right now. Very nice.
3: No, so I'm actually kind of concerned about oh. this whole idea of six being this grab bag of styles. Like,
2: concerned that it's going to be too
1: awesome.
3: <sighs> concerned that it's going to be really scattershot. And if they're
1: trying to balance... When
3: you try to be... Everything to everyone? Yeah, you're not... You're see, when you say
2: scattershot, I think of a spread gun from Contra, and now I just want that in the game. <laughs> Give me the but, spread gun.
3: Like, that, that's the thing. Like, the trailer gave me the impression that it's three different games. Like, and we, know, I, know I we only got two. Where'd you get the third one? The, the infamous-looking guy. Like, oh, here's, yeah. now here's Chris the deal they, they
1: asked them about balancing action, horror and survival and his reply actually didn't really talk about survival so it seems like it's just going to be a, a tandem of action and horror
3: just- I mean it definitely seemed like from the trailer that each, each protagonist had a different tone the Chris stuff was very action oriented, it makes sense that the Leon, st- Leon stuff would be more like horror Yep. And then the I, I hate calling him the infamous guy, but it's just the fuck <laughs> generic protagonist that looks like every other hard ass punk that guy's deal. name
2: is Cole, by the way, in case you just want to start doing that. He's start he's generic,
3: infamous man. He doesn't have a name. What what about <laughs> the idea that if it is like
2: say three protagonists and so maybe like three different stories, that might make for a more tighter experience in each of the, you know, different um you know branches right. Like, would you would you want to play where like it cuts from each one or would you want to be able to like play the chris campaign and play the leon camp like separately you know I,
3: would you I, yeah i think something that weaves together well would be good but i'm concerned that what they'll end up delivering is like essentially a game with um three four hour campaigns that sort of weave together I mean, see, I mean, that's the thing.
1: Like, whenever games do that, like, even if one is, even if they're both done well, I still gravitate to one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I just tend to enjoy these more so that every time you jump to a new thing, you're like, uh, you oh, know what I mean? The Arbiter. Good, Again. Game, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Arbiter. But yeah, exactly. Like, you, you tend to gravitate towards one or the other just because that's the way it's going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Right.
3: I mean, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be. We're all going to buy it day one. No matter what happens, but yep. I think there's no question of that. Well, you, you get kicked off of the Gamer Sushi podcast forever if you don't buy it day one. I mean,
0: Probably that is true. I mean, yeah. I, I just I am. We're you
1: gonna did. kick anyone off the site that doesn't like. We're gonna find a way to find out who they are, and we're gonna block their IPs if they don't <laughs> answer our roll call that we post. <laughs> the <day
0: of>.
1: <laughs> 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 they're just like screw you guys. I hate this stupid game that you talk about every week. They're done. Right, they're right. gone. The
3: roll call like the site will actually right, require we're gonna go back. you up. Upload a screenshot of your receipt
2: before you can continue. <laughs> Instead of a CAPTCHA, it's like, please <laughs> upload your Resident Evil 6 image. No,
3: I'm going to go back to all purchase. the roll
2: calls. I'm going to get everybody's PSN names and all their and Xbox Live gamer tags. And I'm going to make sh- check your you're Chivos checking. and your Trophos. And I'm going to make sure that you're playing Resident Evil 6. Your Chivos gonna and your
1: Trophos.
0: We're going to need Sorry. to get everyone's. Everyone needs, everyone needs to show us their pre-order slip. <laughs> uh-huh before before they can enter yeah, the site. Day
1: 1 is too late. Day 1's way too late. Oh we yeah, just, right. Day
0: yeah, we 0.
3: Actually, we actually need to start culling them before. Like it's like, you know. That's it, guys. That's it. Time's
2: up. Time's up. 6 minutes. Wow, that was That wasn't long enough.
1: Okay, next topic. The big story of this week is the Double Fine Kickstarter story. Which, I don't even know where to start on this. What's funny is that Tim Schafer... I feel like I'm talking a million miles a minute. Um, You're fine. Keep
2: talking. Keep talking. The story this week is the death of publishers.
1: Well, <laughs> what's funny is that Tim Schafer's been been in kind of the news twice this week. One is because someone was talking to him about what would it take to make Psychonauts 2 happen. And he said it would take millions of dollars. And... and the under the like kind of the undertone going on there was that like nobody wants to publish this thing, so it would just take millions of dollars. And then Notch tweeted at him, "How many like, millions?
0: Yeah, he's like, "Let's do this."
1: Yeah. Um, and what's funny is that after the double fine, um, after the Kickstarter thing went live, Notch tweeted today. He said, "I picked the worst week to propose this idea to Tim Schafer." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I got totally upstaged by this Kickstarter campaign. Um, <laughs> Because it was like the day before or the day after, I mean, that the Kickstarter campaign went up. So, anyway, that happened. And then, yeah, the, the day after, Tim Schaefer posted this video in a Kickstarter campaign where Double Fine was saying that they want to make a PC point and click like adventure game. And they were asking for $400,000 in, in donations to Kickstarter. And, you know, your pledge of $15 or more gets you the game, all that By stuff. By March 13th. Yeah, by March 13th, they were hoping to raise $400,000, and they raised $1 million in 24 hours.
3: And they are now at $1,143,000. They're they're at like three times what they needed.
1: And 29,000 backers, or is it up to 30,000? Yeah, hold on, let me look. 30,000 backers. Yep. $1.1 million it it's insane it's totally insane and i guess there's a million angles we can come at this from
0: but 100% funded in 8 hours
3: yes so my my question is do we know if this is like is this the highest like overfunded ratio to goal that kickstarter has ever had because well,
1: it's it's the highest funded i think and it's yeah. the most it's the backer- fast yeah, yeah it's the fastest. fastest
0: i don't know if it's the most overfunded because you never know. There might have been something that was like, "I need like twelve bucks," and somebody <laughs> they works. got like eighty. Yeah, like hundred. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, when they got like a thousand, because that would have been like way, way too much money. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, yeah. it just
3: makes me think like, is this uh, is this also like a big deal for Kickstarter as far as, so. as like? Oh, oh Kickstarter. yeah, well, Kickstarter's
0: so. getting a lot of press for this because it's like in every single yeah, headline. This will help them like, out too. Double fine Kickstarter. Double fine mm. Kickstarter. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. like. Well, okay.
3: To, yeah. To be fair, I'm looking at the front page, and there's this other thing called. The order of the stick that was a thousand percent funded. So yeah, yes. <laughs> it was that was
1: a comic strip where their guy was trying to. It was like unpublished strips, and he was trying to get the money to put out a new book.
2: Um, he
1: he asked for fifty-seven.
3: Yeah, he asked for fifty-seven thousand dollars and got six hundred thousand yeah.
2: dollars, which is crazy. Now, you, you said there were thirty thousand donors.
1: Yeah, thirty thousand mm-hmm. backers.
2: Uh, and God, if you no, look at. No, no, no. Gama Sutra today in the comment section about the story asked if you know he was like if all the you know this begs the question if all these people are coming out of the woodworks then how come psychonauts didn't sell that much originally because there's only thirty thousand people thirty thousand people isn't this is probably everybody ever yeah, bought that psychonauts many. right here yeah and that's the
1: thing that me and Jeff were actually talking about we were precasting sorry that <laughs>
0: stop <laughs> precasting they're probably yeah, no, not going to make that.
1: a ton of profit on this because everyone that wants this game is probably pledging money um. So they're probably not going to make a lot of profit on it. You know what I like mean? Like, nobody's
0: actually going to buy it. Like, it's just yeah, the people that it. are yeah, are going to get
2: it.
1: Now, they might... Uh, some people probably will buy it when it comes... Because some people just don't want to buy it. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to give money, or, or they might wait, or they'll still miss the boat and hear about it later. Or some yeah, people or they'll, they'll hear might about just it buy too. it
2: just to they'll, give more money to it. They'll, they'll randomly see it on Steam. Yeah. I, mean, now, I feel like uh, some people probably donate it, too, that have no intention of playing it. Yeah. You know?
1: And so... The thing is, like the way it works in like the traditional publishing sense is that a publisher puts up the money. It's like a book publisher. It's like anything.
3: Mm-hmm. They, they get it in advance, basically. Yeah,
1: they they put up the money, and all the all the money until it pays back the publisher goes straight to the publisher until they're paid back, and then after that, the developer would get a a small percentage of the profits. So they don't even make that many profits to begin with. At least with this, they're making a hundred percent of everything after they sell you know that they sell i just said that with word. sale (laughs) sale i said it like my mom Uh, yeah
3: yeah i i got the impression though that like they want to expand the effort like so the more money they make the more effort they're going to put into it so it's not going to be that like they're only going to do four thousand four hundred thousand dollars worth of effort is that they're going to do however much it makes worth of effort and well, so you, you get that much more game and. Well, which yeah, is yeah, really exactly
1: like on yeah. Twitter, I I made a thing about how, and I want to talk about this in a minute, but that um, I'll let you talk in a second. Nick, I'm sorry. <laughs> that okay. The thing that's one of the coolest things to me, and on Twitter, I said the best thing, but that's because I was limited for characters, and I just needed to communicate that I was excited. Um, and then our friend Mark, you know, kind of made fun of me for it. Um. But I I said that, like, the best thing about this, and it's not the best, but one of the coolest things is that we're having, because that's part of this, is that there's going to be the documentary crew, two-player productions, um, that did the Mojang story, which, coincidentally, Bernie Burns of Rooster Teeth is a producer on that, randomly. Um, But they are... That they're documenting this every step of the way. Like, we're actually going to get really cool behind the scenes videos, whereas most behind the scenes videos we get during game production are just like marketing spiels, mm-hmm. like, right. inter- like marketing videos dressed up as game developer interviews. And the, these,
3: the, the intent will be informational rather yeah. than sales. selling the game. Right. So. I want to be
2: in the room while they're coming up with the ideas for these concepts and everything because yeah. all the marketing stuff is you now like, now that the concept of the game is, uh, is yeah. fleshed out. They go into pre-production. I'm like, really? Like, just like that?
1: Yeah. You know, so, 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 I wrote the that meat it of was it. The coolest thing, but um, obviously, I didn't mean it was the coolest thing. But it's just one of the okay. You're covered things. <laughs> We got you. <laughs> um, but but anyway, he he tweeted at me. He's like, well, that's not the coolest thing. And then what I tweeted back was like, well, this is a low budget game that they're making. Um, or it was supposed to be because a four hundred thousand dollar game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is a low budget target. So mm. I was worried that people were expecting too much because it was a four hundred thousand dollar game. Like at a four hundred thousand dollar game, like I that they probably weren't going to get a very long experience. You know what I mean? Like
3: right, right. Or something
1: that was super polished or whatever. You know, like just something that was like short and sweet but kind of fun.
3: Now, no, honestly, they're adventure, getting the budget. adventure games are never that long in the first
1: place. But now they're getting the budget, like, because he said it takes take two to three million dollars to make, like, you know, one of their normal titles, like Costume Quest or Stack, you know, like, and now they're getting that. So who knows what this will turn into.
3: Stack had about uh, maybe f- between four and six hours of playtime, I want to yeah. say. And I actually played the DLC too. So, yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, that that's about the that's about right for most adventure games. Like honestly, like most yeah. classic adventure games, like uh, the Monkey Island stuff, you can beat in like an hour and a half if yeah. you really know what's going on. It's just that if you don't know what the fuck is going on, then you're screwed. So,
0: so Nick, I interrupted you a long time ago. No, it's okay. Uh, a couple things I want to say is that actually one of the best behind the scenes stuff I've ever seen was for uh, the game uh, Warhammer Online. It actually had like real behind the scenes stuff. Like it was just a dude with a camera that was following people around. And it's like, would just sit at the desk with them while they like designed a character. Or like the guy that did the soundtrack, like wrote it on a laptop in the passenger seat as he drove to work for an hour <laughs> and a awesome. half each day. Cause he, cause he was, he commuted three hours a day. Oh shit. So he just wrote and then he would unplug his laptop, plug it into the computer. That's so or, awesome. Yeah. And so like that, it was actually like some of the, the coolest behind-the-scenes stuff, and I think we're gonna see like that stuff, but like higher production value than that was because that was just like you could tell that was just like a dude with a yeah. candy cam whatever. But another thing, I think it, Bungie
1: does pretty good, pretty good job at some of their behind-the-scenes. Yeah, I, yeah, they do. I, I mean, mean they, keep like, a, they keep a veil of secrecy on, but it's not yes. marketing speak. It's right. I think yeah, they yeah, do yeah, a good yeah. job with their video content.
0: But something that uh, that's uh, that's awesome, I think, is that with all this m- all, all this money that they're getting now, it's kind of like. The whole idea of like you know now we can make the game we wanted to make but like everything can be better like imagine making a passion project and it's like oh man if we just had time and money we can make it really really good like and then then you get they're getting that yeah yeah they're gonna get that they're gonna get too much (laughs) to make something that they just want to make because they love it like that how fucking cool is that? Who gets to do that? Like so awesome. It's gonna be so cool. And like how they're talking about like, you know, this soundtrack is gonna get to be better now because they're gonna be mm-hmm. able to have a better soundtrack guy, or he's gonna be able to spend more time on it, or the whole thing like, oh well, we really want to do a Mac and an iOS version. Well, I think that's a for sure now yeah. at this point. Like <laughs> And by the way, I bet that iOS version is gonna sell like crazy and they're gonna make mm-hmm. a lot of money there. But um I don't know, I just I just I'm really excited for really excited for them. One thing I wanted to bring up is I know a lot of people are starting to talk about like, is this an industry changer? That's How do you bring guys up, feel about yeah. that? Yeah. Like,
2: well, oh, I was asked, and it kind of goes into the same thing. Do you think any other company could have gotten this kind of reaction? Like, that's what
0: they have the like name a, literally, they have $1.1 million because Tim Schaefer's yes, name is a He's got
2: like a, a cash of goodwill.
1: Well, that's uh, what I was talking to Jeff about earlier when we were precasting. That it doesn't, I don't think it changes the industry for everyone. It changes the game for people that are in similar situations, companies right. that are similar size and have personalities and, that and talent that people love. And, and, like you said, like a, a dec- decades of
3: goodwill. So, yeah, and a built in fan base. Like, you know, it's just it's kind like of like when how Radiohead did their Yes, their in or, yeah, or, or Trent Reznor with yes, Nine Inch exactly. stuff. Like, that, that sold really well. Cause not Wait,
1: everyone, like uh, some some random developer that nobody knows, can just go on here and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they just can't.
3: Well, I founded one uh, this game called Kentucky Route Zero, like a little tiny thing, and that, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's well, it's an adventure game. It's 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 the title is. Kentucky Route Zero, a magic realist adventure game.
0: Okay, okay.
3: And they had a $6,500 goal, and it got $8,500. But it looks like a fantastic game. It's just you know, little tiny shop that nobody has heard of.
1: Right. Part of me wonders if Kickstarter was around when we were doing like Lee World, would people have actually given money? We would have gotten like $10.
0: I said, well they wouldn't because our, all our fans were 11. I don't think they <laughs> Well,
3: they're all how much older now? How yeah, they're old. all. Yeah, like the well,
0: see, now, now they could do it. Now they could get money. Yeah. But who knows where they all are now? They're just if scattered.
2: Watch out. You get this out there, and people who want you to make another season, they'll start a Kickstarter fund for you. <laughs> <laughs> if there was well, hey, if they give it it was enough,
3: like I mean, bucks. it would have to be a lot. <laughs> Here's the thing I think there was a window of time when you guys could have pull, pulled off a of Kickstarter. I totally think there was, but it just.
1: It was right at the tail end. Yeah,
0: Kickstarter started too late is the problem. It started like it just we didn't coincide properly. No, I
3: think I think you could have pulled one off for Web Zeroes like right at the end. Yeah, and maybe sweeten it with Elite World stuff. But yeah, yeah.
0: What so I like did y'all this? pledge? Fifteen, thirty. What y'all pledge?
1: I did fifteen. I'm did thinking 15. about upping to thirty, just because I I,
0: bl- I believe in what this is about so much. Mm. Also, I want the soundtrack. Yeah, I would like get the doc. Yeah. You don't get the doc unless you get the thirty. So well, you get the doc at fifteen. Wait. You get
1: HD doc. You get HD version. version. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right.
1: I want to say a couple of guys that commented on our site did a hundred. Mm. Oh yeah. I think my Dodge. friend Andrew uh, <laughs> nine one did a hundred, and I think. <laughs> uh, Listen.
0: Sorry, go. No,
1: no, sorry. Yeah, and then uh, Jarrell Assassin did hundred. I want to say. So what I
0: love is that they're... I want to know the guy who did ten thousand. Sorry to interrupt. Somebody lo- did ten. A lot of thousand. people
1: thought it was Notch, but it wasn't Notch. I heard that Notch did two five thousand.
3: Oh wow! Because he didn't he want to be.
1: He wanted to give. He didn't want to be the person that took the ten thousand from someone that you right, know.
3: Right, right,
1: right. And he didn't want to be in the game or whatever. So Notch can just call
0: up Tim Schafer and be like, Timmy. Yeah, <laughs> I can
1: make. I can pay for this whole game. Yeah. So I think Notch did two five thousand dollars ones because he didn't want the ten thousand dollars bonus, and he didn't want to take it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's gonna
0: have the longest credits of any game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 2, what I like 1, about this,
2: have... is a, this is something we've talked about before. Is um, a lot of video games are born in the boardroom. You know, they're like, we need a shooter, so let's think of a shooter. But this kind of system, uh, someone can have an idea or like a a message that they want to express, you know, like an artful message and they can go on Kickstarter and they can get the funds for it and they can maybe create uh, a game. And maybe we'll start to see more of the, you know, our games art thing go away if people are making games that are, you know, people who really have a message that they want to express through games, if they can get funding for that. Then we might start seeing some really incredible stuff.
1: No, I yeah, love no, that I, point. I'd love it. because. So,
2: sorry, go Jeff.
3: Oh no, the only thing I was gonna say is that I think Kickstarter, yeah, absolutely, it's it's fantastic in that way, but I also feel like the community involvement does have its downsides in some ways because people end up feeling entitled. Yeah. Like, I do you know
2: about that. I want all quick time events or I'm gonna fucking just kill somebody.
3: <laughs> well, you know, Eddie, you sent me a, a comment where a guy was just like, well, you know. Yeah. If, if people are donating money, shouldn't they get profits? You know, what? not this kind of shady? And I'm just like... <laughs> it's
1: like, hey, no, you're donating. You're
3: not investing. No, no. Like, it, but yeah, that I, I <laughs> kind of invest, understand... Go buy some I understand stock. why the guy made the sort of, like, leap to that, but it's still illogical. I, I feel like even if people don't think they're going to get profits from it, they're going to people who would be like, well, I paid you money, so you have to make the game that I want.
0: The way that I want. Exactly. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Like, yeah. what if... Uh just smart where where they were like the whole thing was they were like hey help help us make this game you know and and your reward for helping us make this game is you get to see how a game is made they didn't say you get to determine how the game is made oh no
3: oh no they did no
0: They they
1: did they said we're like we're like the little orphan annie and you're the daddy warbucks telling us to dance
3: no, there's totally like a, uh, There will be a private online community set up for the backers to discuss the project with the devs and submit their thoughts and feelings about the game's content and direction. Yeah, Sometimes but that doesn't- even voting on decisions when the devs, dev team can't decide. Now, that doesn't mean that the dev team has to do what they say, but yeah. they're going to have to manage expectations with a lot of people who think that they're entitled to, you know, force the game a certain way.
2: So for the people who did think that this was a good way to get rid of the evil publishers... You are the evil publisher.
3: (laughs) No, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I love the idea of Kickstarter, but it always concerns me. It's it's funny because I actually really firmly believe that all creative mediums thrive on collaboration, but I feel like there has to be give and take. So, you know, I don't think it's... Like, I'm suspicious of anybody who says that a certain type of art can only be made by one person mm-hmm. because he's the auteur. But I also think that there's another extreme where too many people oh, try yeah. and control what's
0: going on. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Too no. many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, so exactly. Are there,
3: are there
1: other, like, are there other game studios that you think could pull something off like this? Maybe not to this scale or maybe mm. like I was telling Jeff, like what's his face. I'm blanking. on was Michael Ansel. Um, mm-hmm. That did a, Beyond Good and Evil. Oh like, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I was saying th- that's the, as big of a scale as I can imagine.
3: Well, so the, I something think the like this is, working,
1: and even then, that's a stretch for think, for him th- to say Beyond Good and Evil Two. Let's do a Kickstarter. That's as so big of a scale as I go. I think go.
3: Beyond Good and Evil Two could work with a Kickstarter, except for the fact that all the prototype stuff they showed was really like current gen, yeah. like, high level graphics. I feel like you can make a two if you're willing to to keep it as a more, like, classic, sort yeah, of stylized scale it style Yeah, yeah style of yeah,
1: That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, though. Like, yeah,
2: you know, are there other things I feel like the majority of, and you know, Schaefer and Ansel are exceptions. I feel like the majority of developers whose names we know don't need the help.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: we know their names because they can just go and do it. You
3: know what well, I mean? okay, so although,
1: but they they can't get everything approved that they want, which was Tim Schafer's problem.
3: Well, so That's what's true. yeah? I and mean, what are the other developers you can think of that are like sort of, you know, kind of held up as the the visionaries? The the one that comes to mind is is um everybody... <laughs> Well. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's no. That he's a decent example, but I, he also has the backing of a company who's like willing to. Yeah. Let him. I think in Japan,
1: exactly, they, they what, let some of was. those guys just kind of do whatever. <laughs> so what is it, Peter you,
3: Mo- really? Molyneux? Really think so? Molyneux. Did you play Metal Gear Solid Four? I don't that's think. True. He, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Sarcasm. Well, no, but I mean, like, uh, Peter Molyneux. like that's the other. Yeah. I, I call it like, like the thing is, I think he's in kind of a similar situation where he has a company who's willing to let him do kind of ridiculous shit. I feel
1: like Cliffy B is kind of in that situation also. Yeah.
3: But does Cliffy Beat yeah, have, you know, do they have any games that are, like, too artistic for their mainstream stuff? You know, like, I don't know if they do.
1: They're Now, their new game that they're doing after Gears of War looks more like a tower defense, which is interesting. Because <laughs> uh, it's a major departure for what they do. I could go for that. Although, it's, it's tower defense, so it's kind of hopping on a, on a trend anyway. So, it's sure. not really a risk. Well, no, I'm trying to think, like, okay...
3: There, there's a certain level. I think basically any developer that made an interesting uh, downloadable tile, like uh, the devs that made Limbo, or yeah, they could do something like this. You know, I'm trying oh, to think know, what else was like David yeah.
1: Jaffe. David, yeah, he actually could probably maybe do something like this.
3: Um, any of the guys that that were involved, I would
0: donate for Super Shadow Complex. Oh God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would donate all of the money I have.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> no, I told
1: it's, Jeff like. If if Michael Ansell did a thing for Beyond Good and Evil 2, I'd give it, like, 50 bucks in a heartbeat. Nice.
2: (laughs) Well, isn't the the guy who did Oddworld, isn't he, like, having some... wanting to make more Oddworld games but can't get the funding for
0: it? Dude, Oddworld would be awesome. Uh, Fuck, when was the last Oddworld? I guess there was one on Netflix. Well, yeah, there's an HD re-release that just came out. Which was a good
3: game, actually. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of the the cases are going to be, like, classic devs that sort of are out of fashion with the industry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's the that's the yeah. most likely person who's going to be able to come up with something like that. That's the interesting thing about Double Fine is that they're they've sort of got this classic reputation, but they've been sticking around sort of being more mainstream for the last however long. you know. Like they they've got this this rep from what they did 15, 20 years ago but it yeah, actually I mean, sustained well that
0: thing. wasn't actually even double fine that was just tim Schaefer. tim Schaefer. Yeah. but that's Schafer, I mean, Schafer's, Schafer's, yeah. with lucas right
2: and uh, and ron gilbert right yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Ron, ron gilbert is the tales of monkey island right
2: yeah, yeah. like the the pretty much creator
1: of the genre mm-hmm. yeah. but, and he uh, and he works at
2: double fine too
1: yeah well what's funny is on their uh, on their site cuz they actually stop um they actually stop the donations at um, 10,000 but you can do you can do more mm-hmm. and they have them listed on their site at 15,000 dinner with Tim Schaefer and key members of the dev team at 20,000 dinner and bowling with Tim Schaefer and key members of the dev team uh, 30,000 picture of Ron Gilbert smiling 35,000 undoctored picture of
2: Ron Gilbert smiling <laughs> 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 that cracked me up when I read it earlier let me ask you this, because I read this interesting article on OneUp about from a guy who was having um, qualms about this. He loves the idea, but as a journalist, he feels he should not donate, and he feels any journalists that do donate should disclose if they have to review the game or even preview the game. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I, think I, maybe, I agree. If you, I think if disclose for review.
1: I think. Yeah. I don't know. I saw a lot of people kind of raising questions about that earlier today, and I was like, eh. I think if a game journalist really wants to like. Support it. I think that's awesome.
3: But how is the difference? Journalists from buying a game, fans though? too. Yeah,
1: because journalists will buy games also. You know, like I mean, they we, might pre-order <laughs> like
3: any games that we reviewed, like except for Castlevania, we paid for. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, well, how that? Was like, as that that
2: guys, would be like paid for?
3: No, I, I agree with you.
2: <laughs> that I don't think journalists, I don't think journalists necessarily need to disclose it if they're not reviewing it. But this is not just paying for a game. This is funding. The development of a game like we've just been talking about that so just to say all of a sudden well they're just paying for it that's not exactly true though that's that's the point of what we've been well i still
1: you're right it's it's there it's different but i still feel like if if like if someone pre-orders a game like if a game if a game dev like pre-orders a game they're excited about enough excited enough about it that it's like i really can't wait to play this i'm super excited about it i feel like there's still something similar in that excitement, that might preclude
2: them from right. And like I said, like I said, I mean, unless they're reviewing it, I don't feel the need yeah. for them to disclose what they do. I mean, I don't need them to tell me who they donated money to in terms of presidential presidential candidates. So,
3: yeah,
2: I, I don't know. know. I, I don't unless necessarily... unless it lands on one guy's desk, he needs to say, "I did donate money to this." Yeah,
3: yeah. here's my. Review. I don't necessarily like. I, I could see that like the person who donates it is super involved in the forums and is just like, "This is what you need to do," and. Uh, gives all kinds of feedback. Yeah, that's where it edges into questionable. But like, I don't necessarily... Like, with me, I, I'm going to donate to it and I'm probably going to forget about it. Yeah.
1: For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until October 2012. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and I don't feel like, you know, if, if I'm a reviewer... That's eight reviewer, months that game, away. Yeah, I know. But still, like... I, from that perspective, I don't see a, a conflict of interest of, of like throwing down 15 bucks and saying, all right, eight months from now, there's going to be a game that I'll play, you know, like, how is that a conflict of interest necessarily? Like,
2: Well, I just, you know, if
3: we're going to... I think, I, I think there's a... No, I think you're right. There's the potential for a gray area, but I think it's... I think, well, well the reason
2: I'm mentioning is because game journalists want to, I guess, eventually have credibility and maybe hold themselves up to the standard of <laughs> mainstream press. No, so they do to do that, they need to act like it. and it's not just. We're talking oh God, about oh a journalist, you know I mean? Anthony.
0: <laughs> and on that note, I think we are going to transition into uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, which is a game that actually none of us have played, but I know that we want to talk about <laughs> well, it. Anthony
3: and Jeff have played the demo.
0: The demo, the demo. right. So demo. Do you, uh, either Anthony or Jeff, do you want to so, talk about
3: So the interesting thing about the demo... And I think they, they made a good choice this way, is that you play through, essentially, the tutorial level, and then it says, all right, you completed the tutorial, you now have 45 minutes to play the game, and while you're in conversation, the, the timer is paused, while, like if you turn on the pause screen, it's, it's not counting down. So, I actually played it for two and a half, maybe three hours last oh, night. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. So it's,
0: it's a pretty kind of a cool thing to do, yeah.
3: No, it's a pretty good demo, man. They like they do what they can to give you an idea. I mean, obviously you don't play anything really super epic, but if you play through the whole demo, you're gonna get a decent chunk of of, of playing playtime in. I, I ran into like
2: free game, free game.
3: <laughs> no, I ran into like three different, you know, I I definitely had a bunch of like quests pop up that was like, ooh, I need to do that and then that and then Oh, look, that guy wants me to help him and that kind of stuff. So it was fun. Um, it yeah, when, my- I,
2: when, you, when you leave the tutorial cave, mm. all I saw was just a bunch of guys with exclamation points all over their heads. <laughs>
3: this is like everywhere. So I mean, there's tons of tutorial quests. tutorial cave, what cave are you talking about? Because I didn't go to a cave. Oh, whatever. Uh, what? the, the
2: area where you leave when you, you learn all the stuff after you feed, fight the orc cave, oh, oh, the, the Oh, tower, the tower. Yeah,
3: whatever. Okay. Yeah, was that tower? Okay. I, I oh, played about two weeks ago, so I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was confused because I was like, what? Okay. No, it was it was like either a tower or some kind of like big building. Yeah, it
2: felt like a cavern. Like a, you, you, I thought you started yeah. it underground or something like that. Yeah,
3: it's something like that. Anyway, so I know what you're talking about now. Anyway, okay. I um, it reminded me kind of of Fable, but not with all the extra – Terribleness. Terribleness. <laughs> All the, the the stuff
2: that makes it like a, a world, you know, like like a, you know. Oh, you can have a village here and a family, and you know. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I don't know. I don't
3: know. Maybe that kind of stuff happens later, but
2: no, think you not I think you just does. slice dudes. It's, okay,
3: good. well, so it it I say it reminds it's me of Fable, Fable meets world world the, of Warcraft. The play style reminded me of Fable because it's the, it's that action RPG where yeah, yeah. it's very much like you see the monsters, you just go hit them with your sword. <laughs> and and get that done, uh, get that done. And the uh, the art style is kind of stylized, sort of. I, I know people criticize it because it's not realistic enough. Like that's that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, it looks like PS2 graphics. And I think it's more. It's meant to be more. sort Sorry, of Todd st- McFarland did the art. Okay, yeah, so it's meant to be more, like, stylized, sort of yes. World of Warcraft. Sort I was about of. to say,
0: the game looks, to me, like World of Warcraft. Like, when you just yeah. watch it for a second, it looks like mm-hmm. World of Warcraft. I've heard,
1: I've heard, from what I've seen and from what I've read, like, the environments are gorgeous. Like, the characters mm-hmm. themselves aren't great, but, like, the environments are very well done. And
3: Well, I still think it's, I think it was a creative choice that people are confusing for, uh, they didn't build it nice enough. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, that's the thing. I think it was meant to be a creative choice. Maybe it's a, not a strong enough creative choice to convince those people. But
1: yeah, I mean, it was a it great. It wouldn't surprise me if it's meant to look like World of Warcraft a little bit because, Nick, you were saying it's Kurt Schilling's company, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. He, dude, he's a big World of Warcraft, here, right? Well, he's like well,
0: he's actually big into all MMOs. He's played yeah. like, he's been playing them since EverQuest, I think. Um, but no, he's like, and I think the company was actually created to, he just wanted to make MMOs. But they, they, are, they, but they are going to make decided, an MMO out of this IP. Yeah, they're, they're making oh, an cool. MMO as well, but uh this is like their single player version of it. But I look at it and it looks like an MMO, but that's actually fun. Mm. <laughs> and and with nobody else in it.
3: I do, yeah, I don't I don't like those other people. Um yeah, I mean the cool things about it Writing style was really interesting because literally you switch between weapons on the fly so you, you you it's not like necessarily so you're not using the same weapon or two weapons at the same time but it is that uh your long sword is on the x button and your uh daggers are on another button or your uh staff or whatever and so you can literally in the middle of a, a battle like Hit this guy on the left with your sword a few times. Jump over and hit the other guy with your staff or your daggers. And it felt really like smooth and dynamic and really like punchy. The combat is very way. devil may cry. God of War.
0: Okay, I just say that's yeah, the I game get, I was about to bring up. I was like, did God of
3: War so much. It, like God of War feels really punishing. You know what I mean? I just mean in lag. Like, well, well, I'm talking like, about the the, the, con- the, the combo. Way, I mean.
2: Yeah, the changing of the weapons and like where if you like hit the button like. Da, da, da. it does a different combo than if you do it like da, da, da. you know what I mean yeah and like, the, the thing is about the,
3: the demo is it doesn't really get very deep into like the combo play right. style but yeah it's like, like I played it enough that I was able to get a move if you cast a spell three times really quickly it does extra damage or if you um, slash your sword and then pause and then slash again it does a different move so yeah I, right, you experience yeah. a little yeah. bit of the moves that way but I didn't necessarily feel it was so... I, I don't know. It didn't remind me of God of War, but it might just have been tonally. It wasn't at all similar, more than play Stop style. talking mechanics. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like God of War really emphasizes the combos really quickly. Like, you need to, to play with combos to survive in God of War. You can't just, like, button mash and, and live in that game. <laughs>
0: but, but I'm just saying, like, it looks like the combat of an action Right, like, like, like like a Double God of Rock, War game. Rock, not. God of War is
2: one of the games that I I remember reading a preview that they specifically said we wanted to do basically a Skyrim Fable type game with a God of War type combat.
0: Right. Yeah. Like it does not look like an RPG. Like if you pop, if you pop that in front of someone, like, this is an RPG, they'd be like, it is not. <laughs> Especially like if you've seen any of the Chakra combat, that's fucking God of War. It's like flaming circles that you just slice dudes up with. like. That's well, yeah, no,
3: the, totally... the cool thing is when you, like, so that you have a fate bar that when it's full, it's like when you, you're defeating enemies, you get a certain amount of fate.
0: Is that the fate shift thing?
3: Yeah, so you do this fate shift where you can, like, unravel the fates of your enemies, which is actually kind of, like, a cool concept where it's just, like, you're, you're sort of, like...
2: <laughs> I see death in your future.
3: No, seriously, it's kind <laughs> of... It's, like, the way they explain it is kind of, like, interesting where it's just like your character can, can, is fateless and can control the fate of other people in a way that right. shouldn't be possible. So when you're doing this special move, you're like f- almost freezing time, and you're just like, all right, you, I'm picking you out and unraveling your fate, and then you do like a super move, and then it just, everybody who's downed is out. It, I thought that that was like, from a world-building um, perspective, that I thought that was pretty cool.
0: And then in like a cool. gameplay perspective it looks like it's kind of like if you're if you're in a really hard battle and you're like mm-hmm. fuck i don't know if i'm gonna make it out you can fate shift and then like you've almost determined like you've almost been like okay i now i can win this battle like mm-hmm. which is kind of a fun little thing is because it's not a win mm-hmm. button because i mean you have to build it back up again as, right, as you right. always have that but yeah it's still you is use a nice like back pocket brain. One of the things that's neat too
2: is the loot, like Borderlands. I think is color coded, so you know just from the color whether it's something's worth picking up or not, or whether you should just immediately that's
1: throw it in your great, trash. That's a
2: great system. Yeah, and then you guys are going through your inventory. You can automatically mark something to your trash, and then when you go to or junk, and then when you go to a merchant, you can just sell all your junk. So it just sells everything one shot. That's so a smart. Towel. Yeah, it's yeah. very awesome. So, so, so I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, and this may not. Seem like the game that it should be like, a little bit like Sacred Two, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of big, not necessarily open world, but, um, linear in the path pathways like Fable. Sacred but this, Two, this but world, like more well more well made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Sacred Two with good combat and yeah. you know and just a big open place with lots of quests and everything. Just it looks really neat. Like I don't know if I necessarily would buy it today because I still have lots of other games later in the year. Price drop. Yeah, I think I might get it. See, it wasn't even on my radar, and
1: then the last week I've been like reading reviews and watching videos of it, and the videos like sold me over because it was I was just like, man, this game just looks fun. It was,
3: yeah, no, I'm totally sold on it. I'm gonna. I'm probably
1: not gonna buy it yet. I'm probably gonna wait, kind of like Anthony Mm. was saying, like, yeah, probably wait a little bit. But it's they won me over. Like (laughs) this game that like I hadn't even. It was one of those games like you hear the name and you're like, what is that? I don't care. Final Fantasy Thirteen Two and Mass Effect Three. Yeah,
3: <laughs> You know, okay, the one other thing that I thought was really cool about what I played was that I thought it was actually pretty funny, like intentionally funny. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, some of the stuff was a little goofy, and I think that it is one of the criticisms is that some of the writing gets kind of, you know, overwrought. Did somebody say that? I could swear that that's something that either somebody said or read, but I, I thought Oh it was yeah,
0: a- that, that's one of the complaints about it, is the writing... Okay.
3: I thought it was actually pretty funny and like well done from, you know, intentionally like throwing in little jokes here and there. My like my brother was watching me play. We were both laughing out loud at like, things that were in- clearly intended as jokes. We weren't laughing, you know, disp- despite the game. So I thought that that was kind of impressive for them to pull off too. So cuz I mean video game humor it's rare for a video game oh, yeah. to actually be Very, funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, like outside of Portal Two yeah. games <laughs> aren't really
3: funny. No. The, the the Brutal Legend demo is funny. The rest of the game, not so much, but you know, the the demo level is funny.
1: <laughs> oh, I saw a Tim Schafer today tweeted. He was like, Okay, I'll make a deal with you guys. If we get a if we get to nine hundred and sixty this was when it was at like nine fifty. He's like, If we hit nine hundred and sixty thousand, I'll put RTS in the game. At nine hundred and eighty thousand, I'll take it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I was like, That's that's hilarious. That's dude. good. Anyway, I think we can move on from Kingdom of Amalur to the most important topic. Well, no, Resident Evil 6 was the most important topic. The second most. I, forgive all me. All
3: topics. Forgive every, me, Capcom. Anybody who stopped listening to the cast after Resident Evil 6, you know. They just show they up
1: anyway? for six
0: minutes. They're like, all right. I'm I wonder done. if
1: there is one dude that's like, man, this is the only thing I care about. <laughs> <And> he's out. <laughs> as By soon the way. As the timer. 285 days until Resident Evil 6. There you go. So, yeah, the, the top. Me and Anthony talked a little bit about it last week. Nick thinks we talked for too long. Um, but he haven't seen ever nothing yet.
3: That. All right, I'm going <laughs> to go get a drink while you guys talk about this for three hours.
1: Okay. Um, that's a long drink. Just, <laughs> just going to go hit it. has got, got lots of juices. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIII 2. Uh, we talked for a little bit about it last week. Me and Anthony had really only scratched the surface, I realized. I, I mean, I knew it when we were... T- it, but like the game really yeah, opens so, up. Um, yeah, we recorded. We got it on Tuesday. We recorded on Thursday. We didn't yeah. get
2: a chance to play it that much.
1: Yeah. Um, so now I've put in 21 an hours. Now I put in 13 and a half hours. Th- and the weird thing is that Anthony, I think you're really only like if you're through Augusta 300, then you're really only like two and a half three hours off of me in story time. So nice. I Who just a moogle. I just grinded like crazy. Like I don't know <laughs> like I don't I, I don't even remember grinding too long.
2: I just grinded to get it there were three monsters at three separate points in the game that I was grinding and I just I, I if I'd gotten the monsters immediately I wouldn't have grinded, but I know I have to grind for like a full hour to get one of these guys. And so now I'm just overpowered. Like I don't just,
1: I don't know what I did, but I've maxed out nearly every class for both characters. Nice. Now. So
3: the the one thing that Evan was saying about it was that he felt like it was really easy to get overpowered. Yeah,
1: like I'm. Yeah, I, would, I I'm think so. S- I'm like, s- like I just fought a boss, and it's I a boss it's- where you fight three variations of the same. It's a very, it's a classic square boss. You fight, mm-hmm. you know, three variations of the same boss. The first two, I like bowled over like it was nothing. Like didn't need to switch paradigm just to heal, <laughs> like at all. Just, like, I just like, assault all the way. Yeah. Then the third one, I had to heal a little bit. And that was only because I was reckless.
3: <laughs> You're like, I got this. I'm done.
1: Um, but yeah, before we get too caught up and talking kind of like real specifics or whatever um, about that kind of thing, um, I kind of want to do like a little broad stroke at the game. So the thing about uh, Final Fantasy 13, too, because I think when we had done the last podcast, I was I had maybe time traveled once, and I had speculated that like. Instead of a world map, you have a time travel map. And that's pretty much the way it's kind of borne out um, over the course of the game. But it's it's pretty cool because you you move from time to time. Um, and then it, there's, there's certain points where you create new timelines. It's very back to the future. You create new timelines, and then you can hop back, back and forth between timelines mm-hmm. and see different things as they're happening. But what's really cool is that you can get these time reversal things where you can go and reverse time at a timeline you visited and then redo
2: things. Hmm. Which is pretty right, cool. Right, like there, there's a, a boss in the first area where you, you do this, you find this device that severely weakens the boss allowing you to beat it. If you come back later on when your party's much stronger, you can choose to beat it without using that device and see if you can beat it when it's at full strength and then something different will happen. You know, that's just, like, the most basic example that I know of right now. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't played as far as is, so I'm sure there's still that, other Evan
3: was also saying that it's just really nice that you can literally just pause, save anywhere, jump yes. out of whatever time yes. you're in, and God, go to that's a different so time. Huge. Well, and it's, well, so, it's cool you,
1: because, like, like, if there's, like, something random that you're, like, well, what was awesome for me is, like, what I hate in RPGs like, you'll get a new ability, right? And it's, like, a new ability that lets you get to a new area. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, oh, crap. And so, like, what adds a lot of hours to rpgs for me is that i will go All back, back yeah, and i is. will backtrack through everything to which get is, there
3: Can be such a pain in the ass yeah sometimes.
1: here you can immediately hop like you can be like oh crap i just got this new ability there's one ability in particular where you can throw your weapon in the game is a moogle and you can at one point you learn to throw it which i feel guilty every time i throw it because <laughs> because he starts, no he starts crying
2: oh, no. when you He's and like, Koopo!
1: Yeah, he starts like, wiggle, like wriggling, and he's like, no! And I'm like, oh my god, I feel so terrible that I'm throwing you.
2: <laughs> no, but then you throw him and he finds an item, and he's like, who's the Moogle? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's all happy about it, like it was all me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> make up your mind, you little asshole. But um, I...
1: No, so you get that ability, and then I immediately stopped the game, saved it, jumped to a timeline where I remembered, I remembered all the things that I couldn't reach, and I immediately went back to them. And it dumps you into the spot where you left that timeline.
3: Exactly, time freezes when you leave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It goes both ways. So, like, if you, if you can jump into
1: a timeline and get like four things, then hop right back to where you were in like ten minutes.
3: Yeah, not have to, and not have to do any walking. Like Evan was saying, he's on the last level you know stuff's hard there he can jump out do something else and be
1: you can start you can jump out grind and then come back if you mm-hmm. want to
3: and be in yeah. the exact place you were standing before which is yeah, kind of revolutionary it all
1: oh it's so revolutionary like i was like this is brilliant like it's such a cool mechanic and it and it's not just like a a game like cheat like it actually it's a mechanic that actually makes sense in the story
2: mm-hmm. right yeah and there was one uh i think it was in the pressure ruins i was talking to this guy and he's like Oh, there's this flower here. I'd really like to get it to my niece, but it only grows when it's snowing. Uh, it's not snowing now, so obviously I can't have it. So I jumped into, went back to the hub, uh, went to this time of this, in the same region when the time is different and it's snowing, got the flower, went right back, boom quest done two minutes while talking
1: like, to him yeah while yeah it was, it was great <laughs> it just so happens i have this flower
2: yeah exactly so it was just little things like that i love playing with the, the timeline and stuff like that there's it's, one uh,
1: and i hope this isn't too spoiler for you anthony
2: it'll um, be fine I, remember the story is just about to start going off the rails for me so
1: yeah the, there's there's one boss that you fight that the boss is is an ai right an AI that's out that has managed to pull itself outside of time, and the AI, because remember I said you fight a boss three times in a row. Yeah. The AI, it's because the AI is outside of time. It sees that you beat it, and then it goes back and makes itself stronger, and you fight it again <laughs> immediately.
3: That's great. It's
1: <laughs> such a cool, and you do it like three or four times in a row because the AI is just, you know.
2: And that so, makes more sense than Sephiroth just being like, okay, exactly. you beat me up for a lot, so now I'm to... it's stronger. Yeah,
1: so it's the AI is actually jumping back into the past and making itself stronger after seeing how you beat it. And it makes itself strong in the past so that when you fight it, it's stronger and then it resets and you fight it again. I was like, this is so cool. That is That's awesome.
3: So, so this may be premature to ask, but are you guys feeling a possible rating for it yet? Or should we not talk about that?
0: Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. whoa.
1: I love that that's Nick's first entry into the conversation. <laughs> Jeff,
2: I will tell you this. I always have a rating in mind, and then I write my review, and the rating years, and then yeah. changes.
3: Should we not so. talk about that? Should we table that for later? I will say,
1: I think it's a great game. I think it's the best Japanese RPG game I've played in years. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's I, it's shocking to me how much I'm enjoying it. Like I haven't been this addicted to it. Like I'm trying to think of the last few JRPGs I've played, and most it is of them better. are.
2: It is better than 13.
1: Oh, it's way better, and like that's the thing. Like it's it's highlighting just not how bad 13 was, but how insufficient it was. Right,
2: and every review has stated that it's better than 13, and yeah. every review rates it lower than 13. <laughs> Figure that shit out.
3: So, so maybe we should just save that for you know the actual review that I'm sure will be coming soon. So yeah, uh,
1: I'm just I'm I really am loving it. It it it's got all the things that 13 was missing. Like it's just got, there's tons of side quests. There's lots of exploration. There's a ton of content when the game's over, which mm-hmm. at first I thought I was telling Anthony just the other day, I didn't think I was going to mess with it, but like now I kind of think I, I will mess with some of it. Maybe not all of it, but there's just so much post game content, um, more than I most that's Final fantasy the,
2: games allow, you know, I think that's where a lot of the challenge will yes. lie. Like right now you're sort of breathing yeah. through the game. And I think a lot of these post game, uh um, Things you can fight are going to be what makes I think the game a lot It's tougher. something
1: like two or three of the best swords you can't even get until you've beaten the game. Hmm, right. So there's multiple things you can do to add on. Um, I just I love the mechanics, and we haven't even talked about the monster thing yet, which I want to touch oh, on God, real quick. Po-
2: it's Pokemon HD. It's so good. Yeah,
1: it's it's Pokemon meets Final Fantasy because in the in Final Fantasy 13, and Nick, you've played it. Um, I have. So you played Final Fantasy 13 in a way, like you remember the. The party system it worked where every character could switch roles on the fly, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and when the they paradigms. yeah the paradigm shift system and when they finally let you do it thirty hours in it was really <laughs> fun. It was it was incredibly fun. Yeah, because um when the, yeah it was when 25 they twenty five hours 25. <laughs> when they finally let you do it it was a blast because any character could play any role and you had six set paradigms that were made up of the different. People playing different classes at certain times um, so you could have like a magic user uh, you know a buffer and a saboteur you know that's debuffing the enemy all at once and you just you needed it for one particular situation and if the enemy flipped then you could flip mm-hmm. um, in 13.2 you only have two party members so I was kind of bummed early on because I was like oh that stinks you only have two party members there's not very many variations you can do between the two of them but then they but introduce the, the
3: monsters. Are the monster
1: awesome. is your third party member. And you capture these monsters. And so now you can rotate between three monsters depending on what roles you need. Like, if, you know, like the monsters have one class that doesn't bend. And so you have three monsters in a pack, and then you can swap the monsters in and out. Um, as you need it, and so now all of a sudden there's this side game of collecting monsters and leveling up your monsters to have a really awesome third party member. <laughs> it's right, yeah, totally and you get Pokemon. Your, you, yeah, you get your
2: you get your monsters, and then you can level them up, and then you can feed them to other monsters to make that other monster learn abilities that perhaps it would not learn. Yes, so that's awesome.
1: Which is very yeah. cool. Um, yeah, like, like maybe this
2: this Ravager doesn't ever learn the fire spell, but this monster did, you feed it to that one, boom, fire spell.
1: Because every monster has different skill trees. Even right. if they're the same class, they have different skill trees. And so, like, but then they also have passive abilities, like some like of them... resistance
2: to lightning, and yeah like, or like hit points, or strength magic. Strength
1: plus 10, like, but yeah, there was one that had just HP plus 25%, and my medic was really weak, my medic monster, so I just had him eat that monster so that he could get more HP. Because I was like, you just keep dying, you stupid kate sith
2: medic monster oh the kate sith one sucks Yeah, (laughs) Um, I already fed him to flanator (laughs) so that's the thing is that
1: like I've now chained several like you have a monster that you stick with and as soon as you find a better one for that class you just feed the one you've been using to them Um,
2: see what's nice too is the materials that the monsters drop that you use they're called components that you use to, to make them stronger they're not rare yeah, they're not they're, at all. They, they get dropped in almost every single battle. So, uh, actually so, so like, making you're free your to experiment. And yeah. You don't was, feel that, like. That, that was the other thing
3: Evan yourself. was saying was that like, it seems like the stuff you need to level up just sort of falls out of, the, out of the sky. The only reason you wouldn't be leveled up enough in a battle is if you forget to go in yes. and level everything up. <laughs> and, well, and,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, Jeff, there was one, there was one uh, monster I was looking for because it was like an awesome Sentinel. And it took me about an hour to finally get him. And by the time I got him, I had actually acquired enough components that I maxed him out immediately. (laughs) So, and I was like, that was amazing. I had 99 of the things I needed to max him out, and it was hilarious. So So
1: that was one thing that I didn't like about 13. Maybe they swung too far the other way in this one, but I'd rather have it this way than the other way. And 13, you you were locked in, and you could screw up your the way you leveled um, your character's weapons early in the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was the really, way the, the, didn't you do that,
1: Eddie? I, I yeah, I screwed up. I totally yeah. screwed up my the way my character leveling. Oh yeah, because you, you didn't, didn't know you had
0: to do the thing and then after you do the thing, then you do yeah. the other thing. I don't oh, remember exactly it, what it was, but what, there what, is, the, was,
3: yeah. what is it that you have to do? Because it was like you play you, 13 at some point. Well you
0: yeah. drop you got these
1: components and you leveled up your weapons um through using these components. Mm.
2: And they were there was this formula
1: yeah, there was a formula. Yeah, there was a formula for the way it worked, and they were kind of rare. Some of the ones that would drop. I mean, they weren't super rare, but like there was a limited amount of them in the game.
2: Like mm-hmm. you had to go to certain enemies to get them.
1: Yeah, you had to go to certain enemies, and like one, it, there were you had to do it in a certain order. You yeah, there to, were there were two yeah. thing. There were two components, and now we're being very vague. But there were two. It was needlessly complex. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: It was because there were two components and one would boost the other and you had to do one and then you had to do the other. And I just started throwing them all in whatever order because they never really explained it. Um, mm. And I realized that about halfway through the game and I had kind of screwed myself on the weapons.
3: So basically you're saying they, is that, you they know, they forced you to I...
1: do it early on. And mm. then if you had screwed it, that was it.
3: So basically what you're saying is whenever I finally get around to playing 13, two years later, uh, I need to read up on how to level up.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: on how to do the weapons. Yeah, Buying a strategy guide would not hurt you.
3: Yeah. I'm not going to buy anything.
2: <laughs> Reading a game facts. The <laughs> yes.
3: for strategy guides is for suckers.
2: So, well, I buy every in the 90s. Final Fantasy strategy guide, so uh, you're call a me a sucker. So, you know, I'm a fanboy. I like to know everything about the game after I beat it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, actually, I think a strategy guide in thirteen two would actually be pretty useful <laughs> because, because what well, because of the monsters. Well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because of the, the monsters. Like, there's so many monsters, and there's different combinations, and um, all kind. Like, I mean, just like trying to trying to. That figure seems out. like old
0: games. Oh yeah,
1: we're trying to figure yeah, out yeah. which monsters have the best passive abilities and because no monster has all the skills in the skill tree. So, you need to collect multiple monsters in a certain class if you want a final monster that has, you know, if you need a, if you want a, a medic monster that has Cure, Curasa, and Curaga, and raise and raise 2, like it, you need to have gone through two or three other monsters to get one monster that has. So, you're has
3: saying one. it's important to capture all of them? Yes. Gotta right, catch, gotta them, catch all. them all. So you got. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the other yeah. thing. Uh, oh, forgot. I was going to say, never mind. <laughs> So
1: uh, this is actually a game where I could see, like, someone buying a strategy guide, and I'd be like, okay, yeah. And plus, there's so much post-game content, and there's nine different endings.
3: That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's nine yeah, different paradoxes. I'm really excited things. about this. Like, seriously. It's that's so the fun. It's,
2: it's a legitimately great game. Yeah. And, it, and it's it, so fun. You know, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, it's just the apology for Final Fantasy 13, and they just went down the checklist. Well, checklist or not, they fucking nailed it. Like, they, this is a Final Fantasy game, and it's a really great they found,
3: game. They found the right yeah. checklist. <laughs> right. <laughs> well,
1: because there there was there were some articles, and I think I mentioned them briefly last week. That were talking about where one person was talking about, and they were using Star Wars to compare it or whatever. And they were talking about, um, yeah, we did talk about this a little bit last week. They were talking about how it's that Final Fantasy thirteen was like the first three, you know, prequels. And that it was kind of soulless and that it was like just using Final Fantasy tropes too because it thought that's what made a great Final Fantasy game. And Final Fantasy 13 2 is just a checklist of more of those to try to fix the problem. But I disagree because it's really fun. It's just, yeah, it's, a, just it's, fun. it's
2: never not fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I could totally recommend the game to someone that hasn't played Final Fantasies, has played Final Fantasies, you know, like, that I feel like the only drawback for someone jumping into this game. Would be that if they haven't played Final Fantasy thirteen, they're going to be lost. Um,
3: really, you think so?
1: I think I think in terms of they uh, do a good job of trying to fill you in job. as much as possible. Yeah,
2: but um, there's these meaningful things with these characters are going to be lost on you. Yeah, well, like I texted Eddie like, last it, night. The world
1: like, works like that, right? Yeah, that I'm it is the, a world the that is, and all that. Yeah, there's a world that's been suspended above another world, and because of events at the end of thirteen. You know, the, world the relationship is, between those worlds has forever changed and yeah. the the plot of the game actually revolves around how that's
2: changed. Right, 'cause I remember I texted Eddie last night, I think it was, um, because you run into a character from the pre from Final Fantasy thirteen and he's got this mark that was really significant from the first game, but it's in like it was removed at the end of the last game and now he's got a new one in a new place, and I was like, Does he have one of those? Is that and like but someone playing the game for the first time not having played Final Fantasy 13 would it would just go right over their head but for me and Eddie it was like what is that about hmm. so,
1: so I, don't, okay. I don't i don't th- i wouldn't say I, playing Final Fantasy XIII is a necessity i ju- i would just think that it's that's the only drawback i would have you could generally. still enjoy
2: this game if you yeah. did you would enjoy it more if you did
3: i the i
1: nonsensical I, anyway i mean it's right <laughs> here's
3: yeah. the thing i fully intend to play Final Fantasy 13 because i bought the damn thing <laughs> on release day and played it for an hour so It's worth zero dollars. I admire your persistence. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no. The one thing I was going to say, as far as like amount played, is that I played the demo of thirteen two more than I played thirteen, and immediately had fun. That's the other thing. Like I had a lot of fun with the thirteen two demo, and you know, I guess thirteen didn't grab me, obviously. So. So
1: anyway, I recommend it to
2: anyone that is that is being the. Final Fantasy fan, I'm I'm always predisposed to liking it, but it is legitimately good.
3: I didn't, I really didn't expect limbs and eyes. And...
1: I really, I just really didn't expect. I thought I'd play it and be kind of like, oh, okay, but like it's really just highlighting to me just how insufficient Thirteen was. Like, I think about I it all day. Yeah, I didn't dislike Thirteen when I played it, but it definitely was lacking something, you know? Um, right. And I enjoyed it, but uh, I always felt like it was lacking something. And this is just highlighting because what Anthony just said. I think about it all day. Like, I just want to play it all day. And a Japanese RPG hasn't done that to me in a long, long time. So,
0: pretty cool. Game time! This week, we are going to play Grades. Because I think that's one of the only games we haven't played so far. I think there's two we haven't played. But Grades is one of the ones we haven't played yet. We've decided to play it with these three fine gentlemen here on the podcast tonight. So uh, I guess, oh, yay. Okay, we're cheering. <laughs> so I, I think we should just hop hop right into it. Um, the first story is uh, about Activision and Hasbro. And this was on computer and video games. I'm sure it was uh, a few other places, but that's the link I have. Um, it was announced that Activision will be joining forces with Hasbro To release a first-person shooter slash tactical (laughs) naval warfare hybrid inspired by the classic IP, wait for it, Battleship. Bro. Hasbro. Hasbro, right. So, they're going to make a strategy shooter game based on a game where you call out numbers. Based
3: on a movie... And if you look a, at if you look at the screenshots, there are literally screenshots movie. of a guy running around based shooting, and then there's it's a picture of battleship. It, is, it with like look at the ships on the ocean <laughs> and they are battling. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, this is so terrible. Okay, uh, I'm getting into that. Whoa. Well, okay, let us grade it. Okay, <laughs> what's the grade? What are we grading?
0: Well, here's what we're grading. We're grading. we first. We're going to Eddie Revis here. Mm? I want Eddie Revis to grade. Just, just fucking. Let's just let's just go big picture. Let's just grade the scenario as a whole. <laughs> just grade Activision and Hasbro teaming up to make a battleship game. Go B and just. <laughs> I have a good reason for it.
3: Uh,
0: F <laughs> F. Okay, so we have B one and F three. <laughs> that was good, Anthony. Anthony. F two. Ooh, F2. You sunk my battleship. Eddie! Yes! Why is it your game of the year, 12? I just, I'm just, i just giving the scenario a
1: B because it takes balls. <laughs> B for balls to do something so, so you stupid. So you're giving it a B and
3: an A and an LLS?
1: Yes. Because it's so dumb. Like, you're making... <laughs> like, you're, you're actually making... It, cuz it's not even based on the game it's based on a, on the movie which is about aliens
3: which is barely based on the game in the first place no, I which is also like, oh, is it the most expensive movie ever
1: made uh,
3: yeah pretty sure
1: which i i can't even i'm going to yell <laughs> like i can't even like wrap my head around it and you're making you're making a game based on that movie so it's a first person shooter based on a terrible movie based on a board game
3: yeah, that has it. no inherent plot.
2: Yes. I got into a fight with somebody on Super Bowl after I saw the commercial for this movie because I was like, if you want to make this movie, then make that fucking movie. But you don't need to throw the name in Battleship because who's suddenly gonna be like, oh no, that's Battleship, we gotta see that. Yeah, who's gonna be swayed by that? Who what why is that a fucking valuable IP? Yeah, like, okay, why So is here's Liam the visa in a the movie with Rihanna.
3: Here's the weird thing about it. It's directed by Peter Berg, who is actually a pretty sharp guy. I mean, yeah. he created Friday Night Lights and he's made some some damn good movies too. So, you know, like I think he has some, some class. It's just what the what the
2: hell is know, this? I, I'm sure the movie will be like entertaining, you know, for what oh, it is. Oh
0: shit, it's starring Tim Riggin's? I didn't know that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's totally going to be one of two Riggin's movies. Riggins. Um But, like, who... Why is it Battleship? There's no
0: aliens in Battleship.
1: I saw this really funny picture that was, like, you guys want to see a photo of a really awesome Battleship battle from, like, above the water? And it
2: was just a picture of, like, still water. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even Electronic Battleship was not as exciting as that trailer. looked. there was no explosions. Like, I just... And what is this game going to be? Like, you...
0: The screenshots the are grid, terrible.
2: Mm, and then yeah. you do some. Bitey. It looks I mean, it's, so generic. It's, gin- it's going it it like looks that Battalion so gin- Wars GameCube game. I mean.
3: Yeah, I no, think. I mean, just just looking at those. Ty- like it, it just does not look any good at all. Big have-
1: balls. Eh. Anthony, I did like your F2 spin on it. I thought that was pretty good. I Thank thought you. Nick should have gone for you on that because of that. Because I just had a
2: stupid. No, I wanted to hear what you had to say more. B for balls. It was really yeah, I, I, I thought had. that you had a real reason, not to. <laughs> no. Yeah. Play. I no. ended up winning, but you you were more provocative. <laughs> oh. <No? laughs>
0: all right, let's move on to the next topic since mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm done with hearing about that. Um, <laughs> done with it. We're going to go to Jeff on this one first. Sure. So... The creator of Final Fantasy and upcoming We RPG, The Last Story, Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi? The Gooch? Hironobu
3: <laughs> Sakaguchi, the Gooch, yeah.
0: Gooch is okay. loose.
1: He said... This guy Let's, used to do Mistwalker, Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon 2,
0: right? Yes.
1: Okay, this that's is that guy. Okay.
0: So he, uh, the quote here is is about uh, about HD. He basically he says HD graphics are slightly excessive. He says, I think that HD images, which have become mainstream in TV industry, are for me personally still rather over the top for the world of video games. There's a tendency for the developers to allow all their energy to be diverted into maintaining the high quality of graphics. Um. So Jeff. I want to know what you think about this. Grade the Final Fantasy creator saying that HD graphics are excessive for video games. I'm going to give him a B. For balls. Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I will give him an A. Whoa. An A for Anthony. And Eddie. C. C. See, because the other two grades were taken. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anthony, uh, you seem to really like what he's got to say. Why do you like it so much?
2: Um, Because one of the things, um, speaking specifically about Final Fantasy, which this man created, um, like the newer games with the HD graphics and everything, there's just something about the stories that aren't as good. And I feel like the limitations of the technology of the Super NES days and even the the PlayStation days allowed for somehow a better story. And now that they can show a lot more, they end up, like he says, showing a little too much and the story sometimes just falls apart. And I always... Well, they spent most of the development time on 13 working
1: on that engine Mm -hmm. and then admitting that it was mostly obsolete
2: after it was done. Right. And, like, I, you know, I've always, like, there's no, like, gameplay will always trump everything else for me. Um, and, like, well, like he, um, he did, what did you say, Eddie? Lost Odyssey. And yeah. I, I haven't finished that game. I've started it. But that has these great, um, like, moments where, like, you, you, your character goes into an end, and he sleeps and like, your character is immortal. And so he tells the story. Uh, and it's just like written in text and like maybe like some pretty images in the background. Yeah, yes, those moments rich. are very cool. Yeah, they are, and like he tells these really melancholy sad stories about all these people he's met over the thousands of years he's lived. And they're brilliant and emotional and just fantastic. And there's no, CG, there's no HD cut scenes or whatever. It's just a guy talking and some text and it's great. And um, I, you know, I, I get what he's saying and I like it. Sometimes they, they go a little too far.
1: I I gave him a C because I agree with the spirit of what he's saying, but I don't think you throw. It's one of those things where I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, like that's just like, you're gonna have a kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I like I told totally,
0: Eddie has a fear of bathwater now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Guys, keep all the bathwater. Keep it all. Um, we have to give the baby a bath. No, <laughs> but no. So like I I I totally agree, and I agree with everything Anthony just said. Like um, that the there's there. there's a tendency to focus on that. But at the same time, you don't just throw it out. And at the same time, like then you're at some point, then you become Nintendo, and then you're, you know what I mean? Like then you're just stuck. Yeah, there's a happy
2: medium in between.
3: Yeah,
1: and so that's why that's why I went C. That's why I went happy medium on the grade. Right.
3: So so my thing is, I think the intent behind what he's saying is that he would rather he'd rather focus on a distinctive art style than making. Because I think people sort of conflate. HD with looks as realistic as possible. Yeah, you know, also, and so that's
1: this this game has like elaborate looking cutscenes in it. So I don't even. Know I, lo- I just watched. So I
3: just watched the last <laughs> video, and it looks gorgeous. Is that yeah. is that a Wii game? Because it looks yeah. gorgeous for a Wii yeah. game. That's ridiculous. Um, the art style is really awesome. I want yeah, this art design more and more art style
0: have nothing to do with resolution. I mean, yeah, kind so, of, but so yeah. that's the
3: thing. I think he's actually also doing a bad job communicating in a way is what he I think what he's actually talking about is rather than focusing on making it look as realistic as HD cuz people think HD means realistic. Yeah. You know. I think that right. is that
0: Grayson yeah. Browns. Yeah. Yes.
3: Well yeah, no I mean but that, I think that's why people were complaining about the look in in Amalur. They're like they they confuse that style choice for it looks last generation. Well look, I mean, look at Wind Waker. That
2: was you
1: know, yeah, it's gorgeous, and it was however many years ago. I don't want to think about how many years ago it actually was. It was yeah. 2003. You know, I think God, I'm, that's almost 10 years. I keep thinking that was like a few years
2: ago. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you know, what? it holds up better than most of the
0: other ones, yeah. But as I was saying, Wind Waker could be released today and still be as gorgeous,
3: yeah. Yep, I agree. Well, that's the thing. I, I think Final Fantasy is also a good example as far as like games aging well because I feel like Seven at the time was the first one of the first ones where. They started trying to hit that that mark of a great looking game for the time period, it has and not aged. It has not oh. aged well graphically. It's probably you know from what you're saying, it's one of the ones that still has that like story feel to it. So like from a story standpoint, it probably still stands up. But it's really hard to play right now and see how it looks. But if you play anything before seven, that feels like a distinctive art style.
1: Although I do have to right. say, I totally agree with you. I do have to say though that eight and nine actually aged pretty well um yeah so maybe they, they did a better job with those they yeah. they, 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 they went more art style you know you I mean? did like, not
2: have the deformed characters yeah and mm. nine eight's sort the, of did but they weren't political uh polygonal yeah so yeah, eight's exactly. the
3: more realistic skewing one nine is yeah. a little bit more like cartoony stylistic yes. but i think yeah nine is a little bit more developed graphically as part yeah. of it.
2: right yeah yeah because in seven i mean you could see like like the, the actual polygons that make yeah. up like Kyle's <laughs> arms, and his hand looks
3: like a Lego hand. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, I would rather, I, I kind of I mean, see. Good art,
0: good art style is good art style. Like, if you look at Limbo, Limbo could be an eight-bit game, yeah, and still be as awesome. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't have quite the same. It wouldn't have the nuance that you get with an HD title, but you right. still get it. Like, it you can do it. You know what I mean? So,
3: so that's the thing. I, I. Want to see Lembo on an HDTV and have it be that detailed and, and yeah. what it is, but I don't think I need a realistic game. So yeah. I think that's that's sort of where he's missing. He's kind of missing the point in a way. I understand what I think he's trying to say, though.
0: Yeah, I also feel like the uh, the. Headline sensationalizes a lot of what it, yeah, a lot of what he says. Like, I feel like the headline is are basically is like, "Hey, this Final Fantasy dude thinks graphics suck." That's why he's making a
1: game for the Wii. You know what I mean? And, like, and why it, does the Final
0: it, Fantasy guy hate all of your graphics? Ugh. Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Oh man, he hates good GRFXs. <laughs> like, but like in reality, he's actually being like completely reasonable. He's like, "I want to tell, I want to tell yeah. stories." I think that sometimes people get caught up in making graphics look too realistic, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, oh, well, what he said is totally fucking reasonable. Yeah. Like,
1: kind, yeah. kind of related, but kind of not. Also, Final Fantasy 13 2, one thing that I like that they do a lot is that most of the game's cutscenes are done in-game. in game. Yeah. Right. Whereas yeah. in 13, Hits. they were, a lot of them were done pre rendered.
3: Yeah. So I well, watched for all of them
1: since seven were done pre-rendered. Well, no, but even then, like thirteen two. I mean, thirteen two is one disc on the three hundred and sixty. Thirteen was three or two, right. but yeah, thirteen two managed to be fit and much less disc, partly because like
3: it didn't do that.
1: The graphics look look fine, so they they just did them in game, which I appreciate.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, so I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, I was watching uh, my brother play the final dungeon, and it is really cool designed like i love the Ooh. level design there it is so gorgeous to, go to see to there yeah it's really it was really exciting to see
1: speaking of also another real quick back to final fantasy 13 too. the the music is i i really like it i, I thought earlier in, earlier in the game the music was kind of off and all over the place but i really like it now but also the dungeon design in the game it's not like like in thirteen you just went through these random dungeons and then went to a place and then you went through another random dungeon here and that's actually a problem with a lot of JRPGs. So you know what I mean like you're kind of going through all these random whatever, but here it's like every area and dungeon makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like the way they're designed.
0: The last topic of the day, we're gonna start off with Anthony here, is about EA and battlefield and all of their other fun properties. Um, it came out on Kotaku. And, uh, basically what they discussed is that EA thinks that the, um, uh, military first person shooter genre is, uh, big enough to have multiple experiences. So, uh, the the quote here uh, by Kotaku, not by them, but by Kotaku says, EA may be ready to bring Medal of Honor to center stage again this year, but they're also trying to keep Battlefield 3 relevant. So essentially, what it's and talking bad about, Company and Bad, yeah, exactly, and was Battlefield about say. Heroes, <laughs> exactly. So like they're talking about more Battlefield, more Bad Company, more Medal of Honor, and and more Battlefield Heroes. So. They're going a little gun crazy. (laughs) A little military gun crazy. Uh, So, Anthony, we're going to go to you first. Anthony, grade EA's battle plan to release more military shooters.
2: Well, (laughs) it'll probably make them a lot of money. Uh, Just a
1: grade. But it'll piss me off a lot.
0: So, (laughs) F. Ooh. This is Mr. Call of Duty here. A, B. (laughs) Jeff. D. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Eddie. Eddie. I kind of want to go to Anthony, even though I went to him last time. Anthony, why are you so sad?
2: Because it's not just that they're like, okay, well, we're gonna, you know, like continue to support. Battlefield 3. That's fine. You know, you expect it. They got the DLC and everything. They put a lot of uh, money into it and everything. It's that they're like, hey, remember that one that we did that not everybody really cared for too much? But it's kind <laughs> of just like kind of average. We're going to shit that one out again at you. And also Battlefield or Bad Company um, Battle- or Heroes or whatever, um, which was acclaimed, but you think would go away since they are they have Battlefield back now, you know, you know a numbered entry. You think they would let that go? No, no. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna crap that one out at you too. I just it's just it's too much. It's too much for our, the genre. It's definitely too much for one company because it's not like it's not like these games are gonna be the only military shooters we're getting this year. That's just from one fucking company. <laughs> like it's gonna be even worse from everybody else. And oh, Activision announced there will be a Call of Duty game this year. Breaking news. <laughs> um, so did they even I just, need
3: to announce those anymore? I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> I know that's what. IGN made like a joke about like it's headline like oh shock I'm like yeah but you still wrote a fucking story about it <laughs> um, you know so it's just you know, like I really love Call of Duty but this is also um, the first Call of Duty game that I'm kind of like okay you know what enough
0: like let's just take a break there's so.
1: Tony Hawk in it
0: they are Tony Hawking. Oh Eddie, fricking- go. I oh, gave, why are you super excited?
1: I gave it a B for business because I think that's that not it how is the game works. Okay, we're <laughs>
0: gonna have to play a different game. There I should think- be a new game where it's like Eddie gets to say a letter and, and try to make a funny <laughs> joke, but that's not this game. Because
1: it's a good business decision for them; it's gonna make them a lot of money. I don't like it at all, and it makes me very sad because. For a few years there, we thought that EA was going to be the company that maybe they had changed things and they had kind of pulled out. uh, Yeah, yeah. they were doing Dead Space and Mirror's Edge, and then they picked up Bioware and all this stuff, and 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 now like as much as I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, EA is ruining Bioware, Mass Effect Three, but we're we are seeing a little bit of kind of like jumping towards the commercial. I don't think it's going to ruin Mass Effect Three, but we are seeing that you know and i'm guessing some of that pressure comes from ea um i don't know i'm just guessing but well. you know what i mean like and so we're seeing all this stuff and it's like that they were they were the company that was act, like i thought they were going to be a little bit different and remember we talked one time on the podcast even about john ricattello that he seemed like a gamer, like a CEO that was a gamer, and he knew a lot about games and was very knowledgeable.
0: Yeah, and then um, I remember on the on the video cast we talked about how they were gonna invest in multiple new IPs every yeah. year. Yeah.
1: So to hear them talking about like this many military shooters and going all out, I'm kinda like, uh no, but it's good for business. So
0: Jeff.
3: So my thing is, this is the genre that I don't really play other than Call of Duty. And really, that's only because Modern Warfare surprised me so much with how great it was that I was willing to be like, all right, I'll give these military shooters that are like the, I don't know, they feel like the most generic video game out there in a way. So D, D feels like the, the you know, it's it's not F, I hate it. It's not C. I think it's, you know, decent. It's sort of like, eh. <laughs> it's it's a, a wait
1: C for decent. Do you know the alphabet, Jeff?
3: I I'm grading. <laughs> Jeff, keep, Jeff, keep talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, ignore the troll who doesn't know the game. <laughs>
3: Um, Your
1: D doesn't stand for anything, Jeff. I think Jeff doesn't stand for anything. Well, I mean, uh, I guess I could have made up like Your a face fake rating. Stand for anything. If
3: if, I, if my name was Eddie, I would have made up a fake rating for I don't care. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> I.
2: Whoa!
1: See, anyone can play this game. You're not that special, Eddie. I'm pretty sorry, special. Jeff. Please continue.
3: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to play any of these games. Like, what? What was it? Like another battlefield game, and then ten other things that I'm not going to play. Maybe I'll check out the Call of Duty because I was, you know, pleasantly surprised with Modern Warfare Three. But that's not, that's not who we're talking about, is it?
2: No, no, nope. nope.
0: that's Activision.
2: We're talking yeah. about EA, and if if I could just interject something, slur, sort of on topic, kind of not. Uh, <laughs> ever <laughs> since EA and Bioware have, you know, partnered up, or is own? No, they they Electronic Arts owns Bioware. Bioware now consists of Bioware Edmonton, Bioware Austin, Bioware Mythic, Bioware Montreal, and Bioware Ireland, and Bioware San Francisco. They are just taking the name Bioware, shoving it onto all these different companies. It's a Hubie It's it's like because now it's like brand recognition. I think Bioware should just change the name to Bioware Bioware, so we know which one is the real one. Like, <laughs> Bioware Bioware. <laughs> like, like seriously, fuck yeah. Like I was trying to like kind of root for them against Activision. They're dicks. Like they're just as bad. I don't. Ugh, like
0: yeah. You especially kinda wish after they that. Give it back especially after them. that.
2: That oh, we're gonna release the, We're gonna show you a trailer for the new Bioware game, and it's fucking Command and Conquer Generals or something like that.
3: Whatever. Screw so you 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 think they're gonna dilute the brand basically, and, and it's not gonna? I think
0: they already have. Oh well, yeah, well so, it's like with Irrational Games became 2K Boston and 2K Marin and 2K mm. your mom's house and all this stuff. But then they gave it, eventually they gave it back to him and they were like, you know what, you can be Irrational Games again and you can make Bioshock Infinite, which is going to be the greatest game humanity's ever seen. So This is true.
3: Well, it's kind of like, you know, (laughs) this is uh, a tangent, but it's kind of like when Edward Norton was uh, a mark of quality for a movie because he had only been in good movies, not so much anymore. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. What was the movie that that set that down?
3: Uh, I want to say his first, like, you know four or five movies were all like fantastic but then after a certain point he was in like The Italian Job and you know what was it The Dinosaur movie with him in. Uh, I the can't dinosaur. remember <sighs> yeah.
0: I don't know Jeff all I know is that dinosaurs are always awesome yeah, and Jeff, on that note I
3: think Jeff, Jeff gets an F
0: <laughs> yeah I think that's the end of the game Death
3: to Smoochie is the name of the, the movie I'm thinking of the
0: Dinosaurs oh, that,
3: that, <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie is. It's a weird movie.
2: It's a, very, it's a weird
3: dark comedy. I but feel I, like I, I
2: it's like an it. ultimate Jeff movie.
3: That is yeah, like, I'm surprised I, you don't like that. I, I think it's okay, but it's like on... That
0: the, would be like in Jeff's top ten of all time.
3: Okay, listen. listen <laughs> like, his, first, his first movies are Primal Fear. I've never seen Primal Fear, but I hear it's awesome. It's incredible. I own it. It's,
2: it's really good. good.
3: Primal Fear, People versus Larry Flint, Everyone Says I Love You, which is one of my all-time favorite Woody Allen movies, Rounders... American History X,
0: oh, is so good.
2: Hey, is Everyone who Says I Love You the one where he tries to propose?
3: Uh,
0: he's going to propose, but
2: she eats the ring? It's in the, like, the dessert? Uh,
3: that's about 400 movies. I don't know. It's oh, okay. it, it, it's Yeah, I have? think that's the one. Because she's like, well, how big could it have been if so I the, swallowed the, the, it? And he's like, like it was first, tasteful. The first six movies that he's in are like... You know, then he knocks him out of the park, and then he does the score, which is okay. And death to Smoochie and I mean, he pulls out of it with Twenty Fifth Hour, which is one of Spike Lee's best movies. But then it's like The Italian Job, and then all kinds of other weird shit. So this became the Norton cast all of a sudden. <laughs> wow,
0: this went some weird places. I learned something about Tune Jeff. Tune in
1: next week to Norton Cast. Um, you know what's
3: okay? Just to to end that particular thing, he's in the Newborn movie too. Really. Yeah. There Does he Bourne play yeah. it's, it's, there, no, Jeremy No, there's another Renner. Bourne movie. Jeremy Renner is the main character. Jason Bourne is not in it. So yeah, is yeah, Jeremy
1: rare. Renner now going to be in the Mission Impossible franchise and the Bourne franchise? <laughs> That's bad. what they were
2: talking about, but ever since Mission Impossible did really well, they may stick Tom around for another movie or so, but he was like originally slated to take over. Yeah. But then Tom, like, it, the movie was actually really good, and everyone really liked it. So they are like, well, Tom will stick around a little more since everyone's forgiven him for jumping on the couch.
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. On that note, I think we should end the podcast. We've had a good discussion tonight, gentlemen. This has been very nice. Good discussions. Yes. Yes. Big, good. Good cast. Good day for gaming. Curiously non-Canadian. Um,
3: <laughs> if you want, know, to... I've been drinking maple syrup and playing hockey the whole time. So, mm-hmm.
1: if you want to follow us on Twitter it's twitter.com. dot slash you should also rate and review the cast on iTunes. It's the Gamer Sushi Show, not the Gamer Sushi Podcast, which Nick pointed out to me that I failed at earlier. And mm. if you want to follow me on Twitter, on twitter.com slash
0: Eddie Rivas. On twitter.com slash OnSquare. Twitter.com slash AnthonyTaylor underscore. Twitter.com slash Nick Camardo.
1: And Mitch is twitter.com slash your mom. <laughs> he's twitter.com slash MI7CH. You should follow him.
0: Poor yeah. Mitchell. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for
3: listening, Yay. everyone. Yay.